0: Chapter thirty two of the Spanish Cavalier by Charlotte Maria Tucker. This Librebox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Estrebin Simonides CHAPTER thirty two A Last Farewell The agony of suspense which had been suffered by the wretched Don Lopez whilst his life hung trembling in the balance was now shown by his vehement impatience to get out of Seville. The governor could hardly thank his preserver. He would taste no refreshment, he would not so much as sit down. So restless was he in his eager desire to escape. the Rivideo was furious even at the brief delay which took place ere his daughter obeyed his reiterated call. Lopez would on no account stop to encounter the chance of a repetition of such an attack by the mob as that from which he had so narrowly escaped with his life. Mr. Passmore's carriage was still at the entrance, and the manufacturer consented, though with no good grace, to take the fugitives to the nearest town, where they would be likely to get another conveyance to carry them to some port lopez de Rivadale must follow queen isabella into exile as others worthless as himself already had done diego who liked adventure and whose intelligence might further the governor's escape volunteered to take his seat beside mr passmore's coachman who had been so much frightened by the events of the morning that he could hardly manage the reins just as these little arrangements had been concluded donna antonia re-entered the patio leaning on the arm of inez and followed by teresa the governor's daughter nor wore a veil and mantilla these to a spanish lady needful articles of dress had been given to antonia by Inez, notwithstanding the angry expostulations of the old duenna teresa was indignant to see her mistress robbed as she called it of what she could so ill spare my only comfort muttered teresa as she hobbled off to the ladies, is that the mantilla has been worn till the silk were hardly held together and the veil has more of neat darning on it than of the original lace. Alcala came forward to hand Donna Antonia into the carriage. Oppressed as he was with weakness and languor, the cavalier of Andalusia would not suffer another to take his place in doing the honours of his house to his unfortunate guests. This was the first day on which the proud beauty of Seville had met Don Alcala de Aguilera since that on which he had rashly risked his life for her sake. If any touch of womanly feeling was in Antonia's selfish bosom that feeling must have been stirred now into remorse as she beheld her father's preserver alcala's pale features showed the sufferings which he had lately undergone he looked like one newly risen from a sick bed with sunken cheek colourless lip and languid eye as with graceful courtesy the cavalier proffered his wasted hand to the lady on the minds of both alcala and antonia flashed back the memory of the hour when that hand had been deemed unworthy to touch the white kid glove of the heiress that hour when Like an empress, she had stepped into her galley on a glittering guadalquivir. Silently Alcala conducted Antonia through the arched way to the carriage which was to bear her from Seville. Not till she had placed her foot on the carriage step did the cavalier utter a word. Farewell, señorita, said Alcala. Antonia turned towards him, but in silence the eyes of the two met. It was the last look that was ever passed between them. Soon the motion of the rolling wheel separated Alcala and Antonia de Rivideo forever. But for the support of Lucius's arm, Alcala could hardly have walked back to the patio. He sank down wearily on the first seat that he reached, too much exhausted to do more than extend his hand, with a faint smile on his lips to Inez, who knelt by his side. "'Bring wine, Teresa!' cried Inez, looking anxiously at the face of her brother. "'Wine!' exclaimed the old moan, stung into momentary forgetfulness of the presence of the English stranger wine she repeated bitterly when the last drop i left in this ruined house was poured out for the proud woman and there's not a quarter in the coffer to buy more for the caballero if his life depended on it woe woe to the aguileras never say so cried lucius lepine and the joy of being the bearer of good news seemed to the young man at that moment to outweigh all that he had gone through to procure it the aguileras have a casket of golden plate and rich jewels safely buried near a palm-tree beside a wood not two miles from Seville. They have only to dig it out and possess it. Done, Inez. The Englishman has kept his word. A casket of gold plate and jewels! Almost screamed out Teresa, who scarcely dared to believe her own ears. "You don't say it! You can't mean it! What? The box with clamps of steel? The old Senora's jewels, which I've handled many a day?" The wrinkled hand laid on the arm of Lucius was shaking with violent excitement. "I do say it! I do mean it!" replied Lucius, whose countenance was beaming with pleasure. But, my friend, how is this possible? said Ocala. The miserable Chico lies murdered by his own accomplices, said Lucius more gravely. Fearful retribution has overtaken the servant who robbed his master. Lucius then recounted to his deeply interested hearers the tale of his night's nice adventures, dwelling as lightly as he could on what only related to himself. No one interrupted their narration, save Teresa, who could not refrain ever and anon from uttering some ejaculation, now of indignation, now of delight when lucius came to the account of burying the box near the palm tree the old duenna could restrain her feelings no longer to the astonishment of the englishman she suddenly flung herself at his feet and clasped his knees in an ecstasy of joy gratitude and admiration the blessing of all the saints be upon you brave noble seor inglesito exclaimed old teresa while tears streamed down her wrinkled face if you were as deep-dead a heretic as luther himself i would bless you a thousand times over you have saved a noble family from ruin End of chapter thirty two. Recording by Esther Simonides.